You're listening to the Shantyman Podcast, a conversation designed to help those recovering from religion find true faith in the Creator. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Victor Summers with the Shantyman Podcast here in downtown Chatham. Happy to be with you today. I have a special guest with me today. I'm happy to have my good friend, Rory Anderson. Rory, say hello to everyone. Hey, everyone on the podcast. It's millions, millions of people listening. So many people. So many people. Hi, Mom. It's my mom. Definitely my mom's listening. That's at least one. Good, Rory. Great to have you in the uh, so the old Shantyman studio today. I can't believe I'm here, Victor. Honestly, it feels kind of surreal right now. <laughs> <laughs> Rory was just in visiting, and as I do with a lot of people, I just threw the headphones on them, slapped them in front of the mic, and now we're chatting. Chatting about stuff. Yeah. I want to get to know your story, Rory. I'd be happy to share my story with all your listeners. A little bit, a little bit. I'm just looking at the, uh, oh yeah, I was looking at empty cords here on the table. And this one here does not belong, but it scared me for a minute because it was unattached. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. Good, Rory. Rory, you and I have known each other for, must be close to a year now. Uh, I'd say over a year, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Feels like just yesterday. Yeah, I was at the Vogue one day, and Rory come walking into the lobby and said, I'm looking for Victor Summers. I'm looking for Victor Summers. Where can I find him? <laughs> and I said he just left. <laughs> that guy. You don't want to know that guy. No, so we've been walking the journey there together, Rory, and it's been... Uh, been quite the trip. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You're uh, just a young man. Yeah, I'm 24 years old. I grew up in Miramichi, Newcastle. Um, I've, uh, I'm a Christian. I have two non-believing parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a little bit of time out west in Calgary, Alberta, and um, worked up in Edmonton nice. for a little bit. Nice. Yeah, and I've, I've, I'm here... I've heard a bit about those those times out west. There were crazy times. Crazy times. The wild, wild west. <laughs> that was when I lived a wild life. Yeah. Where where were you again? In Calgary. I was in the, the hood part of Calgary. I was in Forest Lawn, oh, just really? outside in Albert Park, actually. How did you end up out there? Uh, my sister's mom had passed away, and she wanted me to basically fill the position of the tenant. Oh, okay. And kind of maunder over the house and there was some guy living there too that she wanted me to keep an eye on okay yeah and you just uh you saw an opportunity to i saw an opportunity to be on my own a little bit and uh kind of do my own thing for you, once you were young at the time i mean you're still young now but yeah you were like 18, <laughs> i was 18 18? oh my goodness i just turned 19 oh, when i got out there and uh that was that was a wild time. That was back when I smoked and drank and smoked weed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stressing just thinking of <laughs> you out there on your own. It was crazy. I I went through so many jobs. I, you know, I'm I'm a bipolar patient, yes. and uh, to be out there, I was actually, you know, I was going through 
a lot of weed mm-hmm. and I was bipolar. I couldn't hold a job. So my sister would get mad at me when I wasn't able to um, make the rent, Yeah, which was expensive. It was like a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get into your to your mental health journey a Absolutely. little bit too, because I mean that's that's we've been we've been walking that journey together even yeah. most recently, and I know you're you know you're totally open to talking about it. Absolutely, not, you're not. I'm shameless. <laughs> you, you're not being forced into anything. I want to let you know. Yeah. Um, and all of this can be edited anyway. So if if there's something that you uh, no, you I, want I want to, to keep it raw. You want me to edit out? That'll be fine. But um. One of the things I do know about you, and let's talk about this a little bit, because it was it was a bit of a mind trip for me in the beginning. Um, you're rapping, yeah. Now I haven't heard you, and and I think, as you said, like this comes and goes in your life too, where you where you kind of put a focus on it, and then you know it kind of goes away. And because I've seen that even over the year that we've been hanging out, like there's times you come in and you're like, I got a new song. I got six new songs. I want yeah. to sing them. I want to sing them all for you. I want you to sing them all right now. Yeah. And uh, even when the Vogue was still here, I remember after church one day, you get up on on stage there, and that and was like, a great time. Yeah, that was fun. But uh, yeah, listeners, you should know R- Rory's got uh, he's got some rhymes. Where did that? When did that all start? That started around 2009. I wrote my first rap. It was actually called uh, "Buy You a Gram." It was a remix of T Pain's "Buy You a Drink." Okay. And it was just... I don't get any of these references, but that's fine. Oh, <laughs> you're so uncultured, Victor. <laughs> I know. Someone listening will know exactly what you're talking about. but I'm sure they will. Yeah. So you wrote your first song? I was uh, probably about 13 years old mm. and uh, wrote it in high school. And I wrote rhymes in high school all growing up. I had a variety show experience where i wore a big clock around my neck nice. with a chain okay a big so, chain tell me about that where was that i think you told i was me at mvhs oh, okay yeah 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 back in probably like 2010 nice maybe i don't know it's hard to say so Must, that, a, that was a good experience for you m- might have been 2012 but uh okay. it was a great experience yeah i was really nervous the whole time so like i grew into the stage a little more over the years right and when I performed at your church, uh, the East Side Church, it was it was a little bit more emancipating. Right. Yeah. He didn't seem nervous, not one bit. Not not of course no. it wasn't it wasn't like it was a sold out crowd or anything. No, it was it was pretty <laughs> scarce. <laughs> it was it was after service. Now we don't have a big church anyway, but it was after service and just a few of us hanging around. But no, I mean even even uh you know, you were you were always so open to just uh, you know pulling out your phone, putting a beat on. Yeah, that's something that I really, I at one point I even used to do that to strangers on the street. Okay. And I just really was trying to gain exposure in that way. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's probably not the best no. product you, placement. You never know how many record executives are just wandering around yeah. downtown Miramichi. No. <laughs> not showing the just, right people is just kind looking, of one of my downfalls. Looking for the next big the next big thing. I, I've gained a lot of fans in Miramichi, I think. I think people that might know me as RJ. Oh, yes, yeah. You know, well, I'm a I'm a fan. You're sitting across from one right now. Yeah, I'm looking at one. Yeah, I love your uh, I love your songs. And I, I mean, I've I've heard, uh, you know, I don't know, probably a dozen of them or so. 
Um, Probably more than that. Many, many of them have a, a lot of scripture and a lot of God in them. Yeah. So, so not all my songs actually are about God. Like, right. no, I have, and I that try, first that first one didn't sound like a uh, yeah Sunday school song. The ones that aren't about God, I try to put away in the closet and mm-hmm. bury them. Okay. Because I just want to make what I have as product like um more god friendly and i wanted to be evangelical right so tell me about your faith journey let's get into that a little bit when did you um when did you come to know god and, and yeah how did that all work out well really i i i grew up my first memory that i remember was being in the church choir and singing but i wasn't really singing i was kind of mumbling okay uh so i that was way back in the day. I don't even remember what church that was with. Okay. Um, but you said it's it's an early memory of church or literally one of your first memories? One of my first memories. Really? Yeah. Okay. You must have been really young. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just in the choir trying to sing and... Uh, move your mouth. Move my mouth. It, <laughs> it was a difficult time and just being in plays in the, in the church. Yeah, yeah. And being like a tree, I think I was. That's how you start. That's and my mom. I'm, every th- good actor started out as a tree. I thank God that my mom got me into church. Like my mm-hmm. mom got me baptized as Roman Catholic. And uh, my grandfather, when he passed away, it was kind of like uh, an awakening. Hmm. Because he always sang Amazing Grace. Okay. To sing, get him through the horrors of war. Right. And I was like a clone of him, like physically, like I seen a picture of him one time and I was like, this is me. Mm. And my dad said, no, that's your grandfather. When he passed away, it was kind of an awakening. I almost, I'd say, lost faith in God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I was a sinner my whole life before that mm-hmm. I, as a kid, but when my grandfather passed away, it was a time of passing of my faith. Mm. And when I was out West in Calgary, I kind of was coming to a level of awakeness Mm -hmm. spiritually. And I was coming to realize that if I was going to know God, it was going to be through scripture only. And when I came back home from out West, it was almost as a failure because I was on the streets homeless Mm -hmm. and uh, I came home basically as a failure, but with a lot of knowledge Mm -hmm. gained. And if it weren't for that knowledge, I wouldn't have been able to come to know God, how I know him now. Mm -hmm. I got baptized at 21. I came home when I was uh, 20 years old and I spent two and a half years out there. Okay. So... And I know it's, you know, everyone's experience is a little different. Would you say that there was a, that there was a moment? A tipping point? Yeah. Well, let me, let me say this. We, we believe and the Bible teaches that as, as human beings, there is a time when we go from death into life, right? When you pass from death into life, you were spiritually dead and now you're spiritually alive. And that happens within... Uh, within instance. A, an, an instance, right? Yeah. Um, was that 
a time like that for you that you remember or do you just if was well, it something I, that I you kind of grew into i don't remember the date per se no, but no. i'd probably say it was the time that i was baptized okay and that was at the point church yeah in newcastle yeah, yeah. yeah. good Good. Yeah, and, and and baptism is always such a, a meaningful time too. We talk about that a lot here at Eastside Church. Like there's there is never a time in Scripture where salvation is described. You and I were just reading it earlier in, in yeah. Acts chapter sixteen, right? With yeah. the with the jailer, he he <laughs> he was saved and then he was baptized. His his, his whole <laughs> he, as household. soon as he was saved. As he, soon as he was saved, yeah. Yeah, like well, I was going to church a lot and I was heavily influenced by. I was having like, uh, I was in the psych ward for a little bit because I dealt with a stint of bipolar mm-hmm. um, outbreaks. And that was, it was a dramatic time. Mm-hmm. It was so dramatic. Like, I was wearing nicotine patches at night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anyone wa- listening knows, but that will give you like dramatic nightmares. And I had dreams of God mm-hmm. while wearing them. So witches convinced me that only prophets can have dreams like that, like okay. visions. Yeah. And because the witches convinced me that, uh, basically I thought that I was a prophet of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I went around telling people that, and I told them that if they didn't believe that, they were basically going to hell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And Victor knows how to make friends and influence people. Yeah, <laughs> Victor. Victor knows that I'm. As soon as I met him, I told him that almost. And uh, you did, yeah. That that was one of yeah. That was and that like, was probably like a scary time for Victor. He's that, like, I got some work on my hands. That was the third <laughs> sentence out of your mouth. You know, I I was pretty patient with you because I wanted to kind of you wanted to test the the validity of it and whether or not it applied to the Bible. Well, exactly. And he, and and he knew it. He knew from the the very get go that I was full of it. <laughs> and I well, just... I didn't know you. That was the point. And and so in my in my desire to get to know you and 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 then ultimately to to see God do his work in you, which he continues to do in both of us. Daily. Daily. And we challenge each other. And, you know, you need to know, listener, that Rory's always, you know, he questions me constantly and what I do and what I say. So I got this little angel on over my shoulder. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself con- an angel. Constantly chirping at me. Uh, questions everything I do. No, that's that's somewhat true. but Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron, exactly. But we're back and forth on each other and yeah. and, and asking good questions and keeping each other accountable. That's good. So, yeah. so you, I mean, I've seen over the course of the time that we've been together, you grow in your relationship with God. You've gotten to know the word yeah, I better mean, and I've continued to I've disassociated with myself as a prophet uh, for the listeners to know. Um, right. You're not describing yourself as that anymore. No, I'm not a prophet. No. I'm non-profit. <laughs> not profit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so what happened was I went through a period of depression where I was staying in my room and, you know, the medication prescribed wasn't keeping me sane. Mm-hmm. But what it was doing was allowing me to see that I wasn't a prophet. I just realized that, you know, as people tested my, what I call my period of prophethood, as they tested it and shown it to be untrue, mm-hmm. it unraveled like a scroll. Mm. 
and I just, I, I came to the realization, you know, I'm not a prophet. And I thought God was going to come down from heaven and wipe me away like a black stain. I mm-hmm. thought I was like, what was wrong with the world? But I realized that God is much better than that. And mm-hmm. my intention was not to be a false prophet ever. It was to be a good prophet. And uh, I realized that, you know, a false prophet would be to keep people away from God. And that was never my intention. I always tried to bring people closer to God, but just ignorantly wasn't doing the just by the word Mm -hmm. prophet. Mm -hmm. And and some of this confusion, Rory, let's be honest, comes from your battle with Bipolar. With, with mental health, right? Bipolar. Yeah. Uh, now that's a that's an official diagnosis. For, and I finally accepted after four years. Uh, mm. I was in the hospital, and Victor was coming to visit me almost every second day at mm-hmm. one point, and uh, bringing me sandwiches from S- Subway, sneaking <laughs> sandwiches in Subway. Yeah. And uh, I I was having breakfast one day, and I just sat down, and I was like looked up at the ceiling tiles and I was like, I'm not, I'm not battling my illness anymore. Like Mm. I'm bipolar. Mm. Yeah. And And they're like, what Rory? And like in the psych ward, they know me famously for going on. Yes. Yeah. And I've seen that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't believe I'm on the podcast by the way, because this is something that I dreamt of. Like, (laughs) I always listened in on the podcast a little bit, and I was like, you know what? I'd love to be on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have you on regular. So so let's go back. I mean, what's your earliest memory of, of you know, really having having struggles with your mind? Well, Does this go back into your childhood? I'd almost say it would. Like, mm. I have a memory of me trying to jump out of my mother's car. Okay. That's not normal. No, it wasn't no. normal, but I was living a depressed life. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's because my family was broken up before I was born, really. Mm -hmm. And my dad really, at one point, seemed to want nothing to do with me. But um, me and my father have a very involved relationship now. And uh, it's it's a lot better than it was. But I always struggled with mental health. Like, I've gone through like the emo phase where I slipped my wrists in middle school Mm. and made cry for helps. Mm -hmm. There were more cry for helps Mm -hmm. than anything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like just stuff like that. Um, I remember from my childhood, but Mm. you know, and, and even over the course of the time that we've been together, I know Rory, you and I, you know, we kind of, we kind of joke around about the, the, different stages of Rory yeah, or the, the different Rory. There's Rory 1, 2, 3, and 4. And <laughs> Victor Victor was Rory's just telling me he wanted, to, he wanted to bury Rory 3. I, had, I struggled with Rory 3. <laughs> Rory 3 was a real head trip. That was just before you went in the hospital. That was when I was really sick, yeah. yeah. And it was so, you know, I, I, I saw, you know, you getting healthy. Getting help. It, it get, came with it, getting help. Yeah. I had to accept the the diagnosis and really take the meds will willingly. Yes, and yeah. that made that made a whole difference. Yeah, and and it's going to be ongoing, right? Oh yeah, like right. I'm not going to get sick again. I can't afford to. No, like, no. There's no way that I'd go through that again for yeah. anyone. Like there's even a guy who 
he wants he wants my sleeping pills hmm. and he tries to make me sell them to him at bad times mm-hmm. and there's not really a good time to sell them to him because if I were to sell him my sleeping pills I'd go a couple of days without sleep and yeah. it'd just throw off my whole cycle and yeah. I wouldn't I I can't afford to be back in the hospital mm-hmm. like I really as a bipolar person, I really have to watch what I put in my body and I have to monitor everything. Like I'm an insomniac too. So Mm. I can't really go without the sleeping pills. Right. And that's a whole other level of temptation for you too, isn't it? Oh yeah. Like I dabbled in weed and everything like that. And Mm -hmm. it was, which again is another substance that you're putting into your body. And you know, we don't even know what it does to our brain yet. Right. So Some people can manage weed and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, like substances, but I really can't because I'm on medication and it's a dangerous cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctors can't account for that and they don't, you know, no, that's good. And and I'm Rory, just let me say, and we're going to move on from this, but I'm, you know, I'm so proud of you and, and this, you know, the steps that you've taken over the last, really it's, I mean, that's recent, right? Just in the last number of weeks and. I saw you uh, just really step up and and take some ownership for your for your health and do what you need to do. And like I said, it's going to be ongoing. Rory and I pray. You know, we pray all the every, time, all the time, every day for for his health. He prays for me. He just laid his hands on my on my ankles and prayed for them. They're still swollen from a fall I took in Amen. July, and uh, I got a raking from my doctor today. I called her, and and you overheard the call. You didn't hear her side though. No. She was she was quite upset that i went what four months and well, haven't done anything about it yeah dr hamed she's she's you gotta uh, do something about your health prayer yeah. requires action victor i know and and that's it's the same thing with you right like yeah, yeah that's like, the same thing if you're if you're hurt and you got swollen ankles and you can barely walk then if you're not going to the doctor and getting getting help for that then you're an idiot and uh, <laughs> that's why I'm so I'm so proud of you for for doing what you needed to do to get healthy. Listen, just before we uh, just before we go, and I'm gonna I, Rory, you're, I'm gonna have you on again. We're gonna have an ongoing conversation because I think there are people listening that probably have either a have a a loved one, a family member, son, daughter that has gone through something similar uh, with mental w- illness. with mental illness. Yeah, and I think there's value in just hearing where you are, how you've come through it, how you've used, you know, scripture and your faith in God to, to support you in that and how that's kind of ongoing. And then there might be someone listening that is struggling with mental health right now and, and wanting to know where to turn, what to, what to do, you know, next steps. And I think this might be a good ongoing conversation that well, we could be having. If there's anything that someone can do to help their mental health, it would be first and foremost to trust their doctor. That's something that yeah. Victor has helped me come to realize. Yeah. And I was really arguing the diagnosis even when Victor was coming to see me in the hospital. Mm. I got to trust my doctor and trust that he knows better. And he's monitored me. He knows me, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, if there's anyone listening who's struggling with mental health and doesn't know the right thing to do, uh, trust your doctor and trust that the medication that they apply will be beneficial to you. Wow. And if it's not, then just voice that and help get the right medication because mm-hmm. you need to be on the right medication or else you're going to be all over the place until the end of your time. And that would be an unfortunate demise. Yeah. Yeah. And Roy, I, you know, and that's absolutely true. I just saw there was so many people that, 
that were in your corner and were fighting for you, Rory. So many. And and not just and and me and my family and your church family here at Eastside just a huge we, we're just part of it, right? Yeah. Like there were you had doctors and nurses and and, uh, and if you don't all, if you don't know RJ Rory, uh, you know he's he's very likable guy too. Anyway, but uh, just naturally, but um, you had a lot of people pulling for you, man. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad you're uh, I'm glad you are where you are today. And also too, like as I said to those listening who are struggling with mental health, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to say too, you got so many talents. Yeah, that can be put to use. Yeah, and. It's like the movie uh, A Bronx Tale says, mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world is a waste of talent. Mm. And it, it'd just be a shame to see you go from this world without you putting every effort you can to make your efforts flourish and be successful. Yeah, yeah. So Amen. Good. Yeah, that's good. You were made on purpose. You were made on purpose for a purpose, right? Uh, before we go, I'm going to leave. I'm going to give you the last few minutes. You want to share a favorite verse? Or do you want to do a rap? Or do I you can do a rap? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do a rap. Can you do a rap? Can I stand up? Yeah, you do whatever you want. You get situated here and we'll pull up a beat. It's a mad world, man. Even matter when you don't know where to go. This is about God. Prophetically pulling back, we going through strife Begging, Lord, I'm bringing you this knife All I ask in exchange is a new life That you keep giving us the strength Just to do what's right We lose sight in blind rage Widen my range to make pain change Rearrange my brain, derange Some seeing this life the same So offer us the world's plain to graze And heaven's balance, I must gaze amazed Please, I've been in pain for days Let me let it go so I can let it change my stance And wear it proud like these old pants I know you hear my scripture You never zooming in cause you are that whole picture When I die, I just pray I walk with you Why would I ever lie if your heart is where I lie? See, I know you have my side Cause alone is the hardest way to ride Going nowhere, man. Yo, even more gifted with the word, everyone you've given me. Granted with delivery, I'm hard as granted through this misery. Now I have my mind's eye, see my spirit strong while embezzled in mesh. I capsize this vessel of flesh. Every day I face a test with a mind made fresh. Solidify my soul just to make the best. Yes, I don't need a building just to go confess. Cause the Vatican assassin might need a broken neck Speaking for you, to them you haven't spoken yet I'm part of the flame to be, I haven't started smoking yet Just blow my options open, yep I was given the pen today I finally understand what your pen and say You with me as I write this alone on Independence Day For seven days, the Lord of Heaven say He's preparing me a son for the end of days
Don't let me be infected You gave me the gift of struggle just so that I can reflect it Now you trusted me with the power to perfect it I know it's hectic, demented What I said or thought I meant it That's why I got my pen dipped in ink whenever I need to vent this Now I can prevent this event from reoccurring My vision blurring, my mind's eyes opening Apologize if I've slurred while I've spoken this Broken and healed, not to be provoking And I'm not walking heel to toe, no, it's different strokes I promise you folks, we mighty at most, it's no joke I'm stuck on earth, I must have missed the Trip to heaven, I'ma get ya Later with a fist of souvenirs Cause I really missed the Fact I ever had ya, I should have kissed ya Nice. That's Rory Anderson. That was me. RJ. Well, good, man. That's uh, that's the Rory I know. It's good to have you back. It's good to be here, man. I love it. I love it. I love to see God working through young men like Rory, uh, guys that are guys and gals that are giving themselves over to God's leading, and, and that's that's part of your story, right? Yeah, I wanna, you got to keep I, doing that. I want to become a pastor someday like you, Victor. You're a real huge, uh, like, I wouldn't say an idol, but an icon. Yeah, well, you're a minister now. You you, you don't spend 10 minutes with Rory without yeah. hearing his story and how God's the most important thing in his life, and, and that's what it's all about, right? Amen. Absolutely. Well, good. It's been w- great to be with you today uh, here on the Shannonman Podcast. Uh, we want to bring stories uh, of people like Rory that it's it's not about religion. It's not about, you know, ha- having a... It's not even about having a metaphysical experience. It's about a daily walk with God, right? And, and just like you said, and we talked about this before, you have spiritual highs and lows, as we all do, days that are up and I, and, and I'm, I, I don't struggle like you do with mental illness but I have my own problems my own issues there's days that are good and days that are bad it's not about just having this this spiritual experience it's about a daily walk with God Amen Victor right? and you really made my day that much better by putting me on this podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't think it was gonna get this high. Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna do it again. It we're gonna do it again. This is good. This is just an introduction to Rory. Now, n- normally my co-host Sam Rushton is here, and he does our little sign-off, where he just says blessings. All right, that's our sign-off for the Shannonman podcast. So, just give me a uh, just a, a, a moment of silence, a couple of seconds of silence, and then give me a blessing. And uh, we'll be back with you in two weeks' time.